and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I am your host, Scott Minton. Today, I'm sitting down with my homeboy, Mr. Ofo Fanboy. How are we doing today, Josh? What's up, man? Not much, not much. So uh, today, we are going to sit down and we are going to discuss another set of uh, local barrel picks that kind of came out. These are Wilderness Trail store picks, and uh, I believe they came out through the KBC, which is uh, one of the local uh, Kentucky and Bourbon clubs. And uh, they were sold at Red Castle Liquors, which is, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a means name on the on the different chat groups, but uh, that's his uh, awesome establishment out there. Uh, I think it's off of First Street down there near St. Catherine. So, so but, let me ask you a question because you just brought up something that I, I don't have an answer for you here. But how many bourbon clubs are you a part of? You referenced KBC. I'm, you know, familiar with a couple of the Louisville-based ones, but not that one. So how many of these Facebook groups are you actually in? Oh, God. I'm I'm going to say probably 15 to 20. 15 to 20. Yeah. A lot of them are just like pick clubs, like where they just do special store picks. Um, like their stuff, uh, Tri-State Bourbon, Bourbon Aficionados. They're out of like Cincinnati, Ohio, Northern Kentucky, um, Indiana, like that, that, that little corner. That's why it's called Tri-State. Um, then there's KBC, then there's a uh, BBT. I mean, there's, there's just a bunch of them. Big four bourbon. You think these are pretty much all over the U S you oh, see. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I saw a couple of, uh, bourbon groups that, um, I was talking with, uh, someone about getting a barrel pick and, uh, they said that the only people that had done them in a certain state for a friend of mine, um, at that time when I was asking was, we were talking about Oklahoma was, a couple of, you know, just bourbon clubs that bought an entire barrel and had them all put together and, and, and they went through a certain store. So there's bourbon clubs everywhere. Gotcha. I, I recently saw one of those single barrel kind of pick clubs that they wanted you to pay 40 or 50 bucks in to be, I think it was an annual, uh, maybe that's okay. I, Membership I dues. Yeah, I didn't join, but interesting. I, I really thought about it and after their first bottle single barrel came out i said damn i wish i would have done that but it was too late at that point gotcha gotcha no absolutely 100 percent. so what are we going to talk about today so today we're going to talk about these two different wilderness trail picks one is um uh, their high rye bourbon um and it's a uh, 116 proof and then their uh straight rye whiskey which is 110 proof so both of these were a barrel strength um they were picked out They've got specific mash bills and um, yeast strains. So the yeast strain is something that I'm always intrigued about with uh, Wilderness Trail because that's how they actually started in the business was through Firm Solutions. When I met with Pat Heiss and Shane when we went out to do the interview with them originally, that's that's basically how they got started. They started out as a, as a uh, company that helped other distilleries hold their yeast strains. So basically they housed their yeast strains, kept them in collaborative order and then they'd also help like like say old fort and like old forester or bourbon or buffalo tracer one of them wanted to like look for a yeast strain out of one of their old um mash tunes or things like that they would go in and scrape that wood or that you know vial or whatever and try to find the mash strain the mash bill or actually sorry the yeast strain from that bottle and try to revitalize it and then bring it back to a live living yeast that they could use today to redo their bourbons with. 
So these guys are scientists. Absolutely, yeah. Pat's a chemical engineer, scientist person, and then Shane, I can't remember exactly what Shane does, but it's something along that lines. But they decided they were going to start Wilderness Strikes because they're like, heck, if we can do all this stuff with bourbon, we can surely make a good product. Did you talk to them about viscosity at all when you were with them? Um, you know, I don't know if I did or didn't. I'm sitting here looking at this Glen Cairn from the rye whiskey that I have, uh, and I took a drink of it about 10 minutes ago. And this thing is just hanging all over that glass. The Glencairn's just got, it's got whiskey that's just hanging all over the edges of it. And it's been a solid 10 minutes since I poured or took a drink. Yeah. So I was just, I was speaking of chemical engineers and people that worry about, you know, that kind of stuff. I thought I'd ask you if it was very viscousy. Yep. So, uh, you know, I would say, yes, they, they do have some uh, very viscous bottles, <laughs> but I don't know if they're very viscousy or whatever uh, you're saying. You know, I'm just joking because Toby know. always liked to make fun of you for being viscousy. Absolutely. So let's try this bourbon first. It's a five-year, six-month-old um, bourbon. It's got a Kelvin char number four, and it has the yeast strain of Firm Pro 1. So, What's the mash bill on it? Um, if I remember correctly, and, and I'm going off memory when we actually met with them, I want to say it's like 68 or 60, 24, 12 or something like that. Uh, it, it's whatever adds up, but it's like something 24 and then 12. So what? So it's a no wheat. It's a non-weeder. It's all yes. corn, rye, rye, and barley. Yep. And malted barley. Yep. Okay. So, but, so, and then their weeded is the exact opposite. It's whatever 24 wheat and then 12 malted barley. But so you're not making me drink any wheat today. No, no wheats today. Just rye. Just like you like it. Just like I like it. All right, well, go ahead, take a sip, tell me what you think. I, the nose on it is very interesting, and we fresh crack on this bottle today, so I took a sniff of the Glencairn right after I poured it, been open 10, 12 Oh, yeah, absolutely, right this is a fresh crack. And it, it changed over that 10 minutes or so. It was really freaking sweet just at the first pour. You could really smell that high corn whiskey in there. And it's evolved a little bit here over the last 10 or 15 minutes. And it doesn't have a real high corn-like sweet taste. I mean, you get a little bit of that corn, but, man, that rye pops. It really fills up your mouth, like the front part of your tongue, the inside part of your lip. Um, but it's got a really nice spice. Um, you do get some vanilla and caramel out of it, but it's definitely got a heavy bite to it, you know. I would agree with you. It's got that... Um you're going to feel that thing going down your esophagus and it's a long finish. Yeah. It's a good long finish. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a Kentucky hug. Um, when I tried this, I, cause I actually tried it before I bought the bottle and I was like, wow, I, I this is one of the, I, I really enjoy this one. Now, it, now I will say I enjoyed the rye even more, but I did enjoy this. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even a fresh crack. Now the bottle I tried was already well past the neck and, it had had some air to it for a few days because I think he had gotten them in about a week earlier um, from the time that I picked up these bottles. But I wanted to do a fresh crack with you on these and let you try them today and we'd talk about them. So this is my second, I think, second go at Wilderness Trail. Um, a year, a little over a year ago, I want to say the Louisville Bourbon Club released a two, they released a rye and a bourbon through Wilderness Trail and they were the they were the shitters full yes. and whatever the other Chevy Chase uh, Christmas vacation one was. Right. Yep. You the, re you remember what they were? I have no idea what they were what they were called to be honest with you, but I think those were uh, Cox's Evergreen picks. 
Yes. And so I, I bought both and I gifted the rye to somebody else, but drank the entire uh, bourbon and I really enjoyed it. And that bottle really evolved as it went, you know, you know me, I like to come back a couple weeks after it's down below the neck and it just seems to really open up and change. Uh, but I really enjoyed that. And I'm, I'm interested to see how this bottle will change over time. Gotcha. Yep. So yeah, <clears throat> I even dropped a couple of drops of water in there to see how it opened this one up because it is hot. It's definitely got some heat to it and I wanted to see what it would do. So the nose opens up quite a bit on this thing once you get a, just a couple of drops of water in it. You like it the first time? Oh my goodness. That's just totally different, you know, and I think you'll actually like it better because it okay. really, really brings out that, that, that heavy rye flavor. I just dro- dropped a few drops in it. We'll see if that's enough to, to change it or alter it. So. Um, have you had much wilderness trail before today? So, yeah, I mean, I've had my fair share just because I've been around a group of people where they're like, Hey, let's try this or let's try that. Um, I'm actually a big fan of their weeded bourbon. Um, but I, I, their, uh, their rise phenomenal. And then, like I said, whenever I tried this one, I thought it was really good. It was hot, but it was good. But, um, with a couple of drops of water, it really, really kind of, pulls out that rye flavor and gives you that spicy, you know, heavy flavor in that side and more of those earthy tones. A couple drops of water really just chilled it out too. Um, uh, amazingly different. No Kentucky hug the second time around there. No, absolutely not. And, and maybe the first one just cleaned out my esophagus and burned everything off. Well, of listen, we, we didn't start light. <laughs> we didn't go to your oh, ninety oh, proofs to begin with. Man. We should, we might, may, we maybe should have tried the rye first because it was only one hundred and ten. But I don't know that one ten and one sixteen is really that big of a difference. My palate's not going to know the difference, Scott. It's it's not that refined, but uh, a very enjoyable pour. Um, pretty neat that uh, you were able to pick these up. And it says it's a family reserve. I guess I'll have to do a little research and see what family reserve is on there. I think that just is. Um, listed to their single barrel products oh okay so they they have a a family reserve single barrel program where you can get invited to come buy some of their single barrel bottles when they have them there at the distillery right okay so i think that's what that has to do with so you've been to the distillery i didn't go with you when you went but you had a, a really enjoyable time there absolutely so i i went out there and that was one of the episodes where uh my neighbor dan joined me um and it's just it's so new, so but it's super clean, very more of a sterile environment. Um, the barrels are, they still look kind of new. You know, it's not like that, you know, when you walk through history, you know, of Buffalo Trace and when you walk through, you know, some of those older distilleries, Heaven Hill, you can kind of see the funk everywhere, right? You know, because it's been sitting there for, you know, decades and decades. Whereas when you go to Wilderness Trail, everything's fairly new. I mean, it's all, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. So how's it compared to wild Turkey? Cause I keep wanting to say wild Turkey with the WT on it there. And wild Turkey is a very mass produced place. Obviously their, their warehouse or Rick houses look old. Um, and I think some of them are, but wild Turkey is a very industrial style facility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that it's, it, like I said, to me, it's just very sterile there in some capacity. I mean, it's a beautiful campus. It sits right in the hills of Danville, but the Rick houses are, you know, they're black. They're, they're perfectly clean. Like you can tell that they really, really 
care for every single aspect of what you see when you go on a tour there. Even the little like tasting barn that they have that kind of sits out there. Um, when I went, it was like kind of, uh, at the height of COVID. So they took us through and kind of walked us. Everybody had to be, have their mask on and stand so far apart and everything else. But they uh, moved the actual tasting bar outside. So you had to like stand outside and then they came and handed you little tasters and tasted. And they walked you through each one of those flavors and, and let you kind of taste it that way. And then we tried, I guess, six, seven things that day. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good stuff. And I was actually kind of surprised because I think they have like a, it was either a vodka or a gin or a rum or something that was there. And I was like, oh, actually not bad, but it tasted more like bourbon than your typical one of those would taste typically. So I really like this with, uh, I actually took a small water bottle cap and filled it with, you know, half water and dropped it in there. And it was a fairly good size, healthy pour in the Glencairn. Pretty, pretty doggone good. But, you know, it's what I like, which is that no wheat, high corn, high rye uh, mash bill. So, yep. No, I thought it would be right up your alley. That's the reason I said when I, when I picked these up, I was, uh, I tried them and I was like, dude, Josh is going to love these. That's the reason I kind of waited to crack them with you. And I thought we would really enjoy them. So we'll move on over to the uh, rye whiskey. This one is uh, four years and 11 months old. This one is in a Canton number four char. And it also is using the Firm Pro 1 yeast strain. So that's really interesting. I mean, when we spent uh, a lot of time uh, talking with Tyler up at Old Forester, we kept harping on the fact that everything was the exact same uh, yeast. And mash bill. Yeast and mash bill, that they didn't change anything, but their expressions are all so different I mean, obviously rye is a different mash bill than the the bourbon, but they kept, he kept focusing on everything was the exact same yeast, the exact same mash bill. And it's all about how it's, uh, where it's pulled from, how that expression tastes, just a a variety of things and the difference. So you've already referenced now a mash bill and yeast strain here uh, differently. So, yep. So I, if I remember correctly, their their high rye mash bill is like 62% rye, and then there's so much of corn and then so much of malted barley. So it's a, it's not as high as your like 95.5s, you know, your old school MGPs or things to that nature. But Do you like the 95.5? Absolutely. It's one of my favorites. What's a, I've, I keep trying to figure out which one was the 95.5 MGP. Are there any that I would be familiar so with? So almost all MGP rise that come out of there are almost all that, that famous old school Larry Abersole 95.5 rye. The Nulu double barrel 69 pick, that was a 95.5 rye. Most of your Nashville barrel company picks are going to be 95.5 rise. Did, um, did New Riff, are they using a 95.5? Um, you know, I'm not a hundred percent certain if Jane and them are using a 95.5 or not, but my thing is they're using their own rye. Like they source their own rye. Um, and then they have that fog rye, which makes that uh, Balboa. And then they've got a couple of other things that they, they, they do a little bit different there at New Riff. I just re- recalled from our visit, I guess, which has been over a year ago now. I know it seems crazy. It seems crazy, but COVID drug the hell out. So I think a year ago we had talked and there was quite a bit of, discussion about uh was it larry abersold and the influence he had had on new riff right uh, with their production and really he's had that influence on a number of distillers yeah i I think that that's the case i mean 
when you got somebody that works for the basically Seagram's MGP, whatever you want to call it at that point, and and I think he was there like forty something years distilling, and he still had a liver. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I you know we, we're only twenty years in. I guess we'll still have a liver in twenty years. I guess. I mean, you, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's that's awesome. Well, all right. So I took a nose on this thing. And I thought the bourbon had a pretty sweet nose, but this one is phenomenal with kind of, you just pick up lots of, I know it's, you know, rye and corn in there, but really just high sweet smell. It's very sweet. It's got some of those caramel notes, things like that. But I also get a lot of uh, like floral notes, like honeysuckle. Dude, you're pulling out some weird crap here. I'd I'd (laughs) have to have some honeysuckle right here with me to be able to say that. Don't, so... All right, so you never lived near a field like where the wild honeysuckle grew? I grew up across from a cornfield. So, I mean, so maybe in the side of the cornfield. I mean, obviously you never walked like the corn fence line or... Well, no, we ran through the cornfield and did really stupid crap, you know, got lost in a cornfield. But you never came across like a big patch of honeysuckle or anything like that? If I did, it wasn't memorable. Gotcha. So it's got a very, it's got a very distinct smell to me. Um, It's kind of... Not quite honey, but kind of like honey, but it's very floral on top of that. So you get a little bit of that honey smell, but it's a uh Okay, I could I could pick up but I I might have called it a honey citrus of some sorts. It's it's got a pop to it. So that's what I got whenever I smelled it. So it gave me that opportunity to smell that and everything else. So uh but I, I just I do. I love the nose on this thing and it's 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 got a great sweet taste. It's very smooth. I mean, it has almost no bite for a 110. If 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 I if if what I drank is going to taste anything like what's in this bottle, like I said, what I tasted the first time was about probably halfway empty on that bottle. So, uh, yeah, I just took a drink, and after you started talking honeysuckle and floral and other things, it went ahead and told my mind that I was going to taste something different than what I did the first time. But really freaking smooth, man. I mean, no no bite, no burn. But I was picking up something more citrusy, just like I, I probably told myself in the nose of it. More of a, a honey citrus to it. Something, but very pleasing flavor. I could see maybe a little bit of orange blossom or something like that. Maybe. Oh my God, you're so particular. Orange <laughs> blossom. Well, no, so so I, I get a flower note, right? Like I get something that's very floral, right? So you're saying you're picking up citrus and now after drinking it, I could see where maybe it's kind of orange, but maybe it's the flower from the orange. Like the, like, I, and, and listen, I'm just making that up. Like I, I've never walked through a citrus filled um, I have smelled that would it. Be cool. I have smelled it from the freeway, but wait, it's not wait, the wait. same. Like when you drive through Florida, sometimes you drive past those big, you know, citrus farms, and that's kind of what that smell. What what it tastes like to me is kind of what that smell was. Kind of that citrus floral type smell. Okay, what's the ride at Epcot where you're sitting in the thing and you're hanging down and you're oh, soaring, soaring. And that's the closest I've been to a citrus field where they're pumping. So yeah, they're pumping the smell of oranges at you while you're, you know, soaring. So taste that, and then think of that smell from soaring, and maybe that's exactly what came to my mind, and I just didn't realize it. There you go. Because I mean, you know me, I go to Disney all the time. You go to Disney way too much, but uh, that's that's what made me think when you said running through a citrus field. You're soaring through a citrus field there, and you got that sniff of uh, oranges coming at you. But that rye is really good man i I really think that might be what it is 
It might be like almost like a like an orange blossom, like you're, the smell that you would get from an orange tree. You're welcome. I'm glad I helped you get there. You did. You did. Like I said, I started off with honeysuckle because it was sweet and had some floral notes to it. But you know, after getting a little bit of a taste of it, you definitely get some some citrus flavors out of that. If only you had the Knopf's nose to really tell us what it was. Yeah, no, dude. I'm so sad. You know, I don't have the Knopf nose. <laughs> He's. He, 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 he does have a good smeller. We'll just put it that way. Oh, man. Well, that, that rye is really good. They, I can't even imagine what that rye is going to be like when it's six, seven years old. And maybe there's a sweet spot, and maybe they've already found the sweet spot. But that rye is really good. So the rumor is, and I'm just going off of, you know, what other people say in the bourbon industry and things like that. Seven to ten years old is a max on a rye. Like, you just don't let a rye go any older than that. Now, some people would say, well, that's crazy. Sazerac is 18 years old, the Sazerac 18, but it's also watered down like crazy. They're not selling it to you at barrel strength. So, Do they water down Sazerac 18? Yeah, they take it down to like, I think it's 101 or something like that. Yeah. I've, I've never had it. Uh, I've not been willing to go pay 600 bucks for a bottle or whatever Shit, it is. You wish it was $600. Oh, all right. Well, that was like two years ago. <laughs> Uh, so I haven't been willing to do that, and they haven't had any campouts this year, and all the lotteries, I got nothing. So who knows? Well, it, well, it wasn't really a lottery. You got a couple of bottles this year. Did I? Yeah, you got a, you got a birthday bourbon or two, and then oh, you got the you well, got the, you we got did, the one fiftieth old Forester. You got a few things. You're right. We did sit outside for like five and a half hours, maybe a little longer for you to go get bottles of birthday bourbon, and that was kind of like a lottery. But I was referencing the liquor barn and total wine lotteries that I got zilch. I knew what you were referencing. And the Coxes and Evergreens one, I got zilch. I did I did actually win in the Coxes one, so I can't complain too bad. Yeah, you shouldn't. Good for you. But hey, the all right, so Wilderness Trail Family Reserve Rye and Wilderness Trail Family Reserve Sweet Mash Bourbon single barrels from KBC Picks. They're really good, but if I was going to go buy one and I could only buy one of the two, you'd buy the rye all day long. I, and, and honestly, I, I'm the same way. But I, after trying the after trying the bourbon, I just was like, wow, that's really good. But it definitely had a it definitely had some heat to it, and that that's the one thing. But excuse me, you know me, I I, I love the that high that high burn that a uh, high proof barrel strength stuff and. For one sixteen, it's got some pop to it. That's that's for damn sure. But this rye is just—it's so good. Like every single time that I drink this, I, I went back to that bottle like two or three times while I was sitting there talking to Amin while we were sitting in the liquor store. And he's like, "You like that one, huh?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's real good." So you just kept taking samples? Oh, absolutely taking samples. But you know, it's funny because I've talked to Amin online, but I'd never met him in person. So it was one of those things where it was kind of almost like an introduction. We were sitting down, we were talking business. We were talking a little of this, a little of that, talking about bourbon. He also brought out uh, the new Woodford bottle. the Very fine, rare, whatever. Yeah, the, the one that has the 16 on it, but it's not 16 years old. It's maybe 17 years old. Is Oh, it's not even that. It's, it's like, a variety, isn't it? It's a variety blend of different stuff. I haven't opened mine up yet, but I'm assuming I will at some point when I feel stupid. So it's good. I just don't know that it's worth 129 good. Just my personal opinion. Oh, damn. I think I paid 150 yeah, I, th- I don't. I think the MSRP was one twenty nine. I think they go as high as like one seventy nine MSRP. Gotcha. All right. I keep peeking over at your uh, bourbon barrel stash over there, where you got an old Forester from what nineteen seventy seven. Shh. I think we're gonna open that. We are gonna open that. We're gonna we're gonna wait till May though. Oh. 
So me, me, and my, me, and one of my friends, Matt Brown, we both will turn forty-four this year on May the 29th, and uh, we're going to uh, crack that bad boy open, and you'll be there, and, and probably just a select few other people. And, and if we kill the bottle that night, we kill the bottle that night. If, yeah, well, we probably will. Well, I said if, though. Yes, yes, <laughs> we will. Scott, I very impressed by Wilderness Trail, and I have honestly been by every one of their bottles I've opened or had a taste of. I've only been responsible for drinking a whole one um, by myself right. over a couple Je- of months. It was Jelly of the Month Club. That's what it That's was. That's what it was. Jelly it- of the Month Club, and then there was the other one. I don't remember what it was. So Was after- the other one called The Shitter's Full? Yes. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yes. Um, so the Jelly of the Month Club, I finished it, and then somebody posted one on one of the secondary sites, and I got it that night, and I went and picked it up the next day. So I... As soon as I finished my first one of the Jelly of the Month Club, I knew I had to have another. So I haven't cracked open the second one yet. So that's the difference, right? Like that Jelly of the Month Club, I want to say that was a four-year-old bottle. But this one's already, you know, 11 months older roughly. So I hear you. It's more wise. It's got a little more wisdom. It's just amazing what a little bit of age even does to something. You know, somebody was just talking about how they just picked up a seven-and-a-half-year-old barrel of uh, MGP, and they were just like just – floored at how much tastier it was than the typical four or five year product that they get. I mean, and that's been pretty evident in some of the things we've talked about. I mean, specifically locally here, Starlight, Starlight, you know, the first couple of years, people didn't like it. You give a little more age to that. And wow. It is just blown up in the last year. No, absolutely. And, and, and a lot of that's marketing. And I think Christian does a phenomenal job of, you know, the experience at Starlight is, is unique to most other distilleries you've been to. I mean, you'd have to just admit to that. I, so they're the only single barrel pick I've been on. I've not been special enough like you to go to Knob Creek or Wilderness Trail or other places like that. Um, Starlight's the only single barrel picks I've done, but they did it right from what I felt at least. Yeah. And and I will say you will not experience that anywhere else. You just won't. I mean, most places when you go in, they're going to, they're going to give you anywhere from three to five barrels to sample. That's it. So note to our single barrel, small craft distillers, you can invite us up and treat us really well. And we're going to drink the hell out of it. Yep. And we'll probably buy a barrel. <laughs> we'll we'll probably buy a barrel. We'll probably run it through some charitable organization and let them, uh, you know, reap the benefits from that because we, we just love helping people. We'll bring checkbook. Let's roll. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, you said I, you had to pick one. Me and you both agreed the, the rye whiskey is definitely the, the, the winner here. These KBC um, picks were just excellent. Um, I think uh, when I bought these bottles, even um, there's some kind of like a – I'm going to say it, Fuck Cancer Foundation or something like that here locally. They donate $5 from every bottle to that organization. So it, also the, the money went to a good cause. So uh, super proud of what I mean. And, you know, Rag Castle and, and, and the Pirates are doing out there, KBC, to raise some money and, and, and do a little good in our hood. I can greatly appreciate them doing that. Well, I mean, shout out to the bourbon community across the U.S., for doing good things with bourbon, uh, single barrels, raffles, whatever it is. I know we've been a part of a few here and there, but uh, you look at the LBC and the thousands and thousands of dollars they raised last year on events, and it sounds like KBC is doing the same thing. I mean, that's just awesome. It's it's money coming out of bourbon connoisseurs' pockets and going to do good. 
No, absolutely. And and, and that's what I said. I, I've been saying from, from the very beginning that the bourbon community is very giving. They're very good, wonderful people. And uh, there's nothing like doing a little good with something that you love. And we all love bourbon and we all love helping the community. So, and today we love rye whiskey. Absolutely. So uh, if you're going to, you're going to head up to Red Castle Liquors. I believe they're there on, uh, like I said, I think they're on First Street somewhere near St. Catherine. Um, it's about a block away from St. Catherine. If you head, like you're heading towards UofL, go in, see Amin, tell him, hey, you know, Scott from Bourbon Barrel Talk sent you. You need to pick up a couple of these wilderness trail picks. Um, if you only have enough money to buy one, grab the rye. That's my that's my choice, but, and I think Josh agreed, but you can always pick up the, the, the rye whiskey if you want to as well. Or I'm sorry, the bourbon rye, high rye bourbon. So this is, uh, if you want to... Uh, Reach us at Bourbon Barrel Talk. You can find us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com as a way to email us. You can find our website, www.bourbonbarreltalk.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter. We're all over the place. So uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Make sure you share an episode. Just put it on your Facebook page and just say, hey, these are dudes I love to listen to. And uh, let the other people in, in, in your friends and, and family groups you know, listen to us and enjoy the same thing that you're enjoying. Um, big, uh, shout out to our fans out in Australia and other parts of the country, or I guess, I guess the world, I guess I should say. Um, thanks for listening. And, uh, this is Scott and Josh signing off.